Join the Dark Order. I'm gonna do some real cowboy shit! Wrestling fans, and welcome to the October 2022 edition of AEWTF here on the SNME Podcast and Radio Network. Matt Roberts here today, along with Eric Reed. What's going on, brother? Oh, hello, brother. What's up? <laughs> uh, Randy is not here today. He's taking care of some business or whatever, some stuff he's got going on. So it'll just be the two of us holding down the fort for the day. That's okay. I think we got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's nothing uh, that we can't handle here, I'm sure. But uh, how's it going, dude? Yesterday was Halloween. It's November 1st today, so all the MJF fans were out and about yesterday. <laughs> you know, all the little devil worshippers. <laughs> Whatever he calls them. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a lot of trick-or-treaters here at Palais de Reed or what? Uh, according to my ring doorbell cam, I did. I wasn't actually here. So uh, my friend Derek uh, ended up actually getting married yesterday. Congratulations, Derek. Um, yeah, congratulations, Derek. Uh, me and Matt will be at the wedding this weekend. Mm. But um, because they had actually got it, a different officiant, one that wasn't, uh, or someone to officiate the wedding who isn't ordained. Okay, yeah, They yeah, actually yeah. got an actual officiant to come do the legal stuff. So I went downtown last night just to kind of witness the marriage. And then we went out and had, you know, had some dinner, had some drinks, and hung out, you know? Right, right. So this Saturday, we'll both be uh, back downtown for kind of like the party with the family and the extended yeah. like extended family and friends and all that kind of stuff, yeah. whatever. Right? You can so. catch me wearing my traditional Filipino garb, which will only ever be worn once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, well, that'll be quite interesting to see, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, fifth, I think it's the fourth or fifth wedding in the last like six months that we've had to deal with i like you've been pretty much at all of them or most of them too few yeah, of yeah. them bet- between <laughs> us all but it's yeah it's been weddings non-stop yeah. in the last little while between my own and everybody else i know it seems yeah. 2022 yeah, yeah. seems to be the year of weddings yeah <laughs> um but hopefully we're not too hung over sunday morning <laughs> uh because randy and the boys over at tht are opening uh their buy sell and trade superstore they're yeah. going to be having a soft opening uh, from 10, to 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday, November 6th. Randy has been quite the busy bee. I'm going to have to come up with a new nickname for him. Nothing happened in Randy Charpanche might not be the best nickname for him anymore. No, no. Sorry, Randy, you're not here, so I get to roast on you today. <laughs> Normally, you get the pick on me, but I'm just kidding, brother. But yeah, so their store is going to be at uh, the Dixie, Dixie and Mavis area, or no, no, sorry, Dundas and Mavis area in Mississauga, if anyone's uh, familiar with that. Yeah, it's, at, it's uh, at the Mississauga Flea Market, 3092 Mavis Road. Uh, their booth, number 336. I don't know if they ended up getting the spot across from them, I heard they were looking into that as well. Yeah. So, uh, there might be kind of like a lounge area there as well. I don't really know, but, uh, 
I once it opens, I mean, yeah, just a soft opening on Sunday. Uh, but once it opens, you'll probably find all of us there all the time because <laughs> where else are we going to go? And it's around the corner for us. Do so. you have any details <laughs> that you can share in terms of what's going to be carried in the store? It's going to be like autographed cards, action figures, all wrestling themed, as well as other types of uh, collectibles and hobbies. Or, or what can you share with us? Uh, as far as I know, Randy's going to have a lot of his stuff from his old store that he used to have. And he had like a lot of UFC figures. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, yeah, wrestling figures, uh, wrestling cards as well. Uh, if anybody was at Bash at the Bar, <laughs> Brady yes. was pretty much handing out, you know, <laughs> was handing out wrestling cards for the taking. So I have a feeling he's probably going to be selling a lot of cards in there as well and stuff like that. Um, they're also going to be doing live, like, like openings out of the store as well. Right, like right, opening right. Ba- opening uh, packs of cards as far as I know. Um, yeah, but it should be good. I'm actually really excited for <laughs> it. Well, speaking of Bash at the Bar, we want to say a big thank you to everybody that came out to Bash at the Bar uh, on, it was Wednesday, October 12th there for the Dynamite in Toronto at the Rhino uh, downtown. So we had an absolute blast. Uh, We want to thank THT for help sponsoring the event and as well as the whole SNME crew that came down. Uh, Boris and Mike McGuire were there as well as uh, we had Aiden Prince from Impact was there. Yep. Um, uh, Justin Gilmet was there too, right? And uh, who, who else do we have there, uh, Eric? Uh, your cousin Cole. He was Co- a great Cole, time. Cole, <laughs> big shout out. Cole, it was great to see you. Yeah. Uh, we had a few members of the Patreon uh, family there as well. We did uh, live trivia yep. where we gave away lots of great prizes, autographed Bret Hart figures. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was autographed edge cards were given away. All sorts of stuff. That was just the tip of the iceberg. There was tons of high value like prizes, uh, young bucks, Funko Pops given away. Yeah, not to mention, not to mention Matt Editor's killer stand up set and Holden yes. Albright as well, also with a fantastic. Yeah. Well, sorry, Brendan Caulfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, but both of them had amazing stand up sets. Uh, also, Brendan g- delivering a chop to our MC for messing up Dan Levransky's name. And he rightfully so, <laughs> rightfully so, he deserved that chance. <laughs> yes, yes, it was very cool to see the mouth there in attendance too. Yeah, we we, got, we gave him a mic to say, go up there and say something. And he's like, I thought you guys were going to have some questions for me or something. He's like, I don't really know what to say except like, thanks for coming out or whatever. It was yeah. very funny, but kind of putting the mouth on the spot there. But thanks, yeah. thank you, mouth still. But yeah, it was a great day. Great to see everybody there, and uh, we'll get into our experience. Uh, at the show, once we get into the like the wrestling portion of this and finish off our, all of our hellos and all that kind of stuff right now. Absolutely. But uh, I guess in saying that, let's uh, get into the wrestling portion. What do you say? Let's do it. You're listening to Dark Side of the Elites, AEWTF. Woo! What the heck is going on? With Matt Roberts. So as Cody Rhodes once said... What does everybody want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemous. Let's get into a little bit of the news here. Uh, For the month of October, John Moxley signs a five-year extension, re-signing with AEW and also taking on a bit of a coaching role. So after the fallout from All Out, um, Moxley had to cancel his vacation and was... Uh, re-crowned AW World Champion and been rewarded with a five-year extension. So nice to see Moxley back in the fold for an extended period here. And he's obviously going to 
stay at the top of the AEW uh, like leadership group backstage and uh, on the matches and everything. So nice to see Moxley there and taking on a bit of an extended role coaching and I don't know what else it was agent not maybe not agenting or whatever, but just taking a big leadership role with the young talent backstage. Well deserved, I think. Like, uh, while he's not technically day one, he's as day one as you can get, really. Yeah, debu- as big as big stars, anyway. Debuted at the end of the original Double or Nothing, so yeah. he was on the very first show. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, in other uh, news too, uh, we kind of getting the end of the this investigation involving CM Punk and the Elite. So things are finally kind of uh, wrapping up here. Uh, rumors of the CM Punk buyout to get him out of his contract. It doesn't sound like CM Punk's going to be back again. The journal, uh, the guy that CM Punk asked at the press conference, like who here fancies themselves a journalist? Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was Nick Haus, uh, Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. He apparently got a scoop from CM Punk's camp in quotes. Okay. So I don't know if this news came directly from Punk or just people close to him getting the message out there that apparently. Uh, Punk said that Larry, his dog, got the door kicked in his face, and when he took him to the vet, he had to have the teeth, re- like his teeth removed. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> and that's been like uh, Meltzer, I think, has been getting people who were close to the situation, like pr- pretty much shooting down that story, saying yeah. it's a total fabrication. Well, it seems a little. Like it seems a little far fetched, even for what happened. Like, and it's <laughs> kind of funny that we only hear about it now, but yeah, like, yeah. who knows? I, like, this might be a little bit of trying to save face because public perception has kind of, for the most part, been more on the elite side of the yeah. story. But who knows what the truth is here a little bit. Uh, some other notes from it, though, too, is that CM Punk was apparently afraid that the match with Hangman Page at Double or Nothing was could potentially have turned into a shoot in the ring, and he was legit worried that he was going to have to fight for real. Uh, I don't, I, again, I don't also, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, too, because Hangman doesn't strike me as a guy who's unprofessional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like this, this story, man, like, it's going to be talked about for years and years to come, I think. There's, mm. like, I don't think the full story or the truth of it maybe will ever be totally out there or not, but it just keeps getting weirder and weirder as time's going by. <laughs> But essentially, it sounds like Punk's time in AEW is done. Might be haggling over a potential no-compete clause. Tony Khan, I imagine, doesn't want him to go to WWE. Although the last place I could ever see Punk going back to again would be WWE. I I mean, like, like, I guess if H really wanted to pull, like, a stunt, you know what I mean? Like, that would be it. But he wouldn't use him the way he wants him to, so it doesn't make any sense why he would do it anyways. Right? I, w- like, I wouldn't put it past Triple H to being, like, what's best for business, yeah, right? Yeah, he w- yeah. would like yeah. it, but I just can't see Punk ever going back there. Mm. But also, like, seeing Punk, he's still working on that show with uh, Stephen Amell Heels. I don't know if you've ever seen any of that yeah, show. Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched the, the last season. I'm, like, a couple episodes short of finishing it. Right, I've seen most of the first season. And so I have to jump back into it, though. But it was funny to see Punk in that show yeah. to begin with. And I believe he's scheduled to be on uh, more future episodes. So he's he's also done some like TV and movie stuff. I think if Punk wants to hang up the boots for good here, yeah. like retire as the undefeated AEW <laughs> champion and just go back to uh, TV or movies. Or he's got other options of whether it's back to comics again or whatever. Absolutely. But uh, I really think we that could have been the last we see of CM Punk in a ring. We'll have to wait and see. But 
In terms of the elite side of this, we got the return video on Dynamite this week. Yeah. Where it was kind of, it seems to be painting the picture of the elite being erased from all elite wrestling. Yeah. Right? So we'll see where this goes. It seems like uh, they're setting up for a potential return, maybe even before full gear. I could see that. I could see them returning as heels where it's kind of like... uh, like you're trying to take my name off the company I started, and like you know, what I yeah, mean? maybe like, it's like the fans didn't appreciate us and for starting this all, or yeah, maybe that kind of thing. <laughs> what the old Matt Hardy angle, <laughs> right, right. But but it, it, I think the timing of this video being on uh, last week's Dynamite was still with a few, couple episodes before Full Gear kind of says they're pulling the trigger on this uh, sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just nice that maybe this will finally get some resolution. Punk's gone. The Elite's back, and we can move on. I'm excited to see the Elite back in AEW because it really isn't quite the same without them for me personally. No. Also, I need being the Elite back because yes. my Monday is... I mean, Elevation's always good, but I, my oh. Monday is lacking. <laughs> we didn't get a Halloween BTE this year. That was I know. Just, just such a crime against the wrestling community. I mean... You would think Dark Order needs to start their own channel. They can just have the whole vlog. Right. <laughs> Cutler now works for them. Yeah. <laughs> but the biggest news in terms of, I think, the on-screen uh, product that we've been getting with AEW this month, I think, has been the story with MJF being the number one contender, uh, holding that casino chip there. And this tease now of, is he turning babyface kind of slowly before our eyes here? And uh, I'm wondering... What do you think? Do you think the right decision would be to turn him babyface? Because I think the, I think this might be a mistake in the sense that what everyone likes about MJF is his heel persona, but I'll, it might be kind of putting it too much into a black and white in terms of good guy or bad guy. Yeah, that's I, I, there's definitely a very black and white way of looking at it. I think the biggest thing is that it's kind of that whole Blackpool combat club approach where it's like, I don't really need anybody to win. I think it's more about honor than it is more about babyface. Like, you know what I mean? So right. I, I would say that, um, the whole thing itself is like, it's perfect. Cause it, it plays against the whole, like, uh, MJF's vanity. You know right. what I mean? Where he's like, no, I can do it by myself. Trust me. Trust me. I'll show you. I'll show you. Um, having Regal come out and them cutting that promo against each other was like the best thing on TV this month. I can tell you that. That right MJF now. and William Regal promo uh, was unbelievable mic work and mm-hmm. just like exactly what top stars in wrestling need to be able to do on the mic. And MJF carries himself as better than anybody, I think, going right now on the microphone. And, uh, the story is completely based in reality, too. Literally, like, these emails that MJF was talking about that he sent Regal and the advice that he was getting back from him, like, this is all, from what I gather, to be completely true. And uh, if anyone's heard uh, William Regal's podcast, Gentleman Villain, he has a whole episode where he talks about, like, essentially this whole situation with MJF and it's just a fascinating listen where Regal kind of goes into depth about his his story meeting MJF, the advice he gave him and how he lit the fire under MJF just by kind of telling him, hey, listen, man, like you need to go out there and prove yourself and then come back to me. Like, and if that's all it took to light the fire under MJF, like whereas he used to get his ass whipped yeah. like by, at 16 years old, he's like, <laughs> when I was 18, I bought a house. When I was 19, I was married. And like MJF's calling himself a 19-year-old kid being disrespected or whatever. So... Just the juxtaposition of the two of them back and forth. It's made for really compelling stuff. 
Well, not to mention like, um, I guess him firing Stokely Hathaway and the firm, right? At uh, I guess on the last Dynamite of the month. Yeah, was that the very last one that just happened? Yeah, I don't know. And then finally turning on him and just beating the crap out of. Does that? Do you think that means that he loses or the the world title match? Yeah, at full gear. At full gear because now he's not a hundred percent, right? Isn't that the whole like storyline to it? Is I want John Moxley at a hundred percent, but now he's not at a hundred percent and. Yeah, part of me wonders, like, to the baby, like, that's kind of cemented MJF now, like, as the baby face for there's the heel faction now against them. Mm-hmm. But AEW seems to do this baby face tease and then pull it away at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're seeing that, we've seen it with Daniel Garcia, where, like, oh, he's turning baby face and they pull it away. Yeah, and now all and of like, a sudden he's a sports entertainer. <laughs> right, right. And so it's even happened with MJF a couple times where he was like babyface with Cody, and but not really. And then like yeah, pulled yeah. it away. Babyface <laughs> with Jericho and Inner Circle, but then not really. And uh, even Jamie Hayter twice now where it's like, oh, she's going to go babyface and turn against Brett, but they pull it away at the last minute. So I don't know if this is just uh, another tease of like MJF going babyface, but he's really going to be dastardly heel at the end of it all but it wouldn't make sense to like have the firm beat him up just to swerve everyone later yeah. too that doesn't really make sense come on bro <laughs> but in terms of if mjf's gonna win the title of full year or not it feels like he should yeah i i i don't see why he wouldn't um unless like they have another plan for him to actually earn it like without the chip i don't know but like even then like i don't see anybody else who who would make sense like moxley would still be okay as champ but i don't get what him beating mjf would mean like it doesn't really have any i'm interested to see what the dynamics like for the crowd because like it'll be two extremely popular guys again going into this match yeah where it seems like there's always kind of two fan favorites battling each other for these titles lately. Yeah. And the crowd is going to be split a bit, and we'll see if MJF can win it on his own or if he goes to, like, underhanded tactics, and that'll kind of kind of show what direction the MJF character is going. Does he, like, break at, eventually in the match and use his ring, even after yeah. he said he wasn't yeah. going to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just couldn't <laughs> help it. I needed to have this title, or we'll see where it goes from there. What with uh, there is one thing I did actually want to bring up quick. We I did watch the GCW. Um, oh my god, what was it called? F- uh, Fight Club Night One. Yeah. And Fight Club Night One had Moxley versus Gage for the title versus career match, which, I mean, typical Gage match. It was just a death match, right? It wasn't anything like. I mean, it was still a good match, but it wasn't anything like out of the ordinary that <laughs> that I thought it was. But you have Stokely and Morrissey coming out at GCW. And interfering with the match to get Nick Gage the win, which everybody knew Nick Gage was going to win. But why have those two showing up at GCW as well? And like, I it's kind of seems like it's setting up for Moxley to drop the belt and then feud with the firm. I or, think ba- par- or Blackpool Combat Club to feud with the firm. When I heard maybe. about that happening at GCW, the only thing I could think of is Mox had just won the title, the AEW title. Mm-hmm. And I, initially when they were booked for that Gage match, Punk was supposed to be the champion. Okay, okay. So I think they had to come up with a way to have Moxley lose that match, but still protect him. Yeah. yeah. So like, I guess the firm going there and interfering like gives Moxley an out to why the AEW World Champ lost on a GCW show. Yeah. Because like traditional wrestling thinking would be like you can't have your world champion 
losing at like an indie show kind but of i mean thing. he was gcw champion too that was kind of the whole thing right right like, right, right yeah like it's That's, it's yeah. not him dropping the aw belt i get what you're saying yeah. i get but like yeah um also they do not like the fact that he is aw champion the gcw crowd they do not like that man <laughs> I love it. It's that's like that's that's like good heat. That's really good. It reminds me a bit of like back in the ECW days when like a WCW or a WWE performer would like show up on those shows, right? Like Jerry Lawler, Jim Cornette getting booed out of the building or something like that. Oh man, it 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 was a great it was a great show altogether. But yeah, yeah, it was just different. That's for sure. Well, the, one of the next biggest uh, storylines that have been going on in AWTV has been the Ring of Jericho, the Ocho, <laughs> Chris Jericho, the Ring of Honor champion, taking on just uh, a string of former ROH champions and just putting them all out of their misery one by one. And uh, combining that with the Daniel Garcia storyline here. So Daniel Garcia, I guess, He's he was put on the spot there last month by Jericho. It's like I can't decide if I'm a sports <laughs> entertainer or a pro wrestler. And despite the fans' uh, encouragement to yeah. go the pro wrestling side, join up with Brian Danielson and like join the Blackpool Combat Club. Maybe he really did like that purple hat, but maybe not as much as Jake Hager like <laughs> yeah, that say, like that hat. I was gonna say Jake Hager is like uh, him with that. Um, <laughs> Oh the my god! Hat. Yeah, but what match was it where he was ringside and he just started beating the crap out of Buddy because because he touched his hat? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was the Dalton Castle match. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and one of the, the boys. boys. <laughs> yeah, that that was a great match too. Yeah. We'll touch we'll touch on that in a second here. Yeah, but yeah. So for uh, the story, like, is still kind of confusing because after everything that's been presented on TV with the way Jericho has treated Garcia and it pointing so strongly to Garcia leaving the the Jericho Appreciation Society. He says, you know what? Sports entertainment is the way to go. It's it's what's best for business, brother. (laughs) Brother. (laughs) And uh, so we got the swerve. He sticks sticks, uh, with Chris Jericho, helping Jericho defeat Brian Danielson at the Toronto Dynamite. Yeah. And so that was a little surprising. And uh, I still feel like it's going to end up eventually being a Jericho versus Garcia match for the for the ROH title you think or yeah I think you would have to drop that uh pure title sometime before that I guess or you could unite them because Brian Danielson did hold both at one point and maybe he could hold that over Danielson one day so maybe. I did the same thing as you I don't know and but I it's was kind younger of a, or something <laughs> yeah it's just kind of uh quite the uh the path here through this storyline of having Garcia turn but then not turn and then maybe turn again eventually <laughs> yeah 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 but uh jericho he's had some really good matches in the month uh probably my favorite was the one with dalton castle i was very impressed with Ca- castle's presentation on dynamite yeah. uh having the boys and the whole big grand entrance and everything and uh the boys were real funny at ringside just like running around <laughs> like fanning him and yeah like fighting jake hager out there yeah and like uh dalton castle using them to like the throw throwing the boys at like jericho and hager like outside the ring <laughs> yeah but uh even uh hearing some of uh dalton castle's story of his recovery from a broken back he broke his back doing some amateur wrestling oh really so it's actually kind of surprising to see him in as good a shape as he's been in and I hope I hope he uh, sticks around in AEW. I don't believe he's under contract or anything, but no. I would imagine he'll be part of the Ring of Honor once that does get its relaunch. Yeah, he's. I mean, 
I, I don't know why you wouldn't have him on Ring of Honor. He's yeah. been Ring of Honor till he dies, sort of thing, right? So that would that would be huge to see him come back as like maybe more of like a mainstay on the Ring of Honor show. I think that would probably make the most sense for him. But he'd he'd be great in AEW too. I don't yeah. I don't see why he couldn't do both, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we'll see. Uh, Jericho put out the open challenge for next coming week, and we'll see what uh, former Ring of Honor steps up to the plate. It's probably Mance Warner, if I had to guess. Mance Warner was. <laughs> I'm just. Ca- I know. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just kidding. CM Punk. Yeah, CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? Beer City Bruiser. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Adam Cole making a return. Actually, with the with the return of the kingdom, that's actually not crazy to think that. You know honestly. what? I, since you said that, Adam Cole has been out of sight, out of mind for a while now, and that's scary in the sense that that concussion is obviously really bad because yeah. that was Forbidden Door was his last match. Yeah, that's a long time. I really didn't think about that. Over yeah, like, that's that almost was, like four months now, five right, months. That was yeah. in June. Yeah. So I hope Adam Cole's okay, and uh, with the kingdom coming into AEW now. That is actually something that you could use in place of Red Dragon yeah. now that their Bobby Fish is gone and Kyle Riley's still injured himself. And if you wanted to do like Omega and the Bucks, maybe in a trios feud yeah. against Adam Cole, you could slide uh, Matt Taven and uh, and uh, Bennett in there, right? Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite version of the kingdom was before Matt Taven was there. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was just, you know, Bennett and Cole yeah. going around fighting people. That was like the best. And Maria as the manager. Right? And yeah, Perfect. and I, I, I think I read recently, too, that Maria will even be getting into the ring and doing some matches and stuff, too. Good. So I think that's a great uh, package. You got a couple veteran guys that come in there and really help solidify like a tag or trios division as well. So yeah. hopefully Adam Cole is back soon and we'll see if that's the direction they go with that. Let's talk about uh, the AEW Dynamite that we attended in Toronto. Absolutely. So this was really, really uh, a great a great night here. And uh, the Dynamite started off with Renee Paquette, Moxley Good, or whatever her, her full Moxley name might be. Moxley's last name is John Good. It's John, it's John Good. Good. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Renee Paquette, Young Moxley Good. Young Moxley Good. <laughs> But I think she's going to be a great and already has been addition to the broadcast team. She snaked all of Tony Schiavone's backstage interview spots. Yeah, probably good. He was getting beat up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Tony Schiavone. MJF shoving him to the ground and, and Regal had to lecture him about no, that. No too. respect for yeah. a man like Schiavone. <laughs> yeah. I never laid my hands on him. But, uh, but no, Ray, uh, great addition to the team, debuting her in her hometown of Toronto Smart. in front of the crowd. Smart. Yeah, great reaction. I'm excited to see uh, uh, her here in AEW now, so... Nothing but great things to say there. I think she's already been a great addition to the backstage interviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not to mention her starting off the show with Christian giving probably one of the best heel promos in Toronto that he could by ripping on the Maple Leafs playoff run yes. and potentially making a new enemy in Matt Roberts. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Nothing got me more hot than when yeah, Jericho had to rip on the Leafs not making it out of the first round. Uh, we'll be lucky if we even make the playoffs this year, but that's a whole different story. Oh, that's well, for the Maple Leafs podcast. It doesn't that... matter because Edge was better. And, yes, <laughs> and yeah, the crowd the... let him know it that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, also on that show, like uh, we were mentioning earlier, Jericho and and Brian Danielson did a great match for the crowd mm-hmm. with Garcia helping uh, Jericho retain the ROH title. And uh, one uh, one feud that I think has been uh, 
interesting too is Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill. Yeah. Uh, we With got the stealing the, the belt. Yeah. <laughs> Nyla got this, steals the TBS title and they've been holding up uh, like the 1 0, 2 0 signs mocking Jade's. Uh, Winning streak as well. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't help but pop so hard with uh, Jade doing like the boot kick to the security yeah. guy and just sending them flying. <laughs> so we got some of that uh, feud at the at the Toronto show as well. But uh, main event, Orange Cassidy defeating Pac and winning the All-Atlantic title. Just a killer match that sent the crowd home happy. Putting the belt in uh, the backpack, which yeah, I think the, is a, the a jam u- sport. <laughs> yeah, a unique little twist. He always finds a, a, a cute little way to like accentuate carrying the belt around as part of his gimmick or whatever, right? Yeah, but I gotta wonder: is he just so he his first match was a three way? He just seems to be interfering in other people's matches and going. Do you want to fight for this instead? But he just keeps winning, so I, d- I don't know who's better. Like I think it's a great idea, but like, how long can he possibly keep winning triple threat matches? For, for a lazy dude, it actually makes perfect <laughs> sense. Is he just add another person to the match so he has to do less wrestling? Yeah, fair point. Let these two guys fight, and I'll just kind of roll in and uh, pick up the win. Yeah, but because it's uh, the next match is coming up. It's what is it? Is it Ethan Page? Cassidy and Luchasaurus? I think so. They didn't yeah, even have Ethan, a... It was Ethan Page and somebody. I can't remember. They were fighting backstage, and then, again, he inserted yeah. himself. We got Page <laughs> representing Canada, Orange Cassidy representing the United States, and then Luchasaurus... Representing the paleontologist community. <laughs> representing Pangea. <laughs> yeah, representing Pangea. Yeah, he had no flag on there, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. But not to, not to mention... Uh, they they also had the dark elevation tapings that that night as well. Yep. Um. That we were we weren't able to see all of them, so I had to go back and watch. Uh. They had Matt Menard on commentary, which they didn't. I couldn't really see the desk from there, but that's kind of interesting. I didn't know he does commentary for I'm, dark elevation. Yeah, yeah. He's been on there a a, a few times recently. Uh, from those dark elevation tapings, though, the one thing I did want to talk about was that Jody Threat and Athena match. Yeah, this got a lot of attention online. People thought that Athena kind of snapped and beat the crap out of her for real. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I th- like we talked about it uh so I was on Rampage Ramble with uh Matt Grant and Randy as well. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. The only reason anybody should have been talking about this match cuz it was just a great match. Yeah. It was like one of the best matches on the show, I think, as far as um elevation went that night and as far as the tapings went, so Yeah. I, I don't know. It it didn't really make like a lot of sense. Like that Athena hitting uh, Jody with that massive shotgun drop kick on, to the barricade on the outside was like unbelievable. But I think people are citing that as like when and she the, was actually the tossing mad. her over the top rope with the suplex out of the ring. Yeah, I think they just had a kick ass match, and like part of the whole uh, idea is to make it look as real as possible. And oh, I yeah. think I think they did their job there. Well, not to mention like Jody threat, like is a great wrestler. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she knows how to make it look real. Like she knows how to sell. She knows yeah. how to, you know, perform moves. And Athena is no slouch in the ring either. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You have two greats in there. Like, I don't know how, what, what to, I don't know what people were expecting. I right? think that was people <laughs> just trying to make something out of nothing more than anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, they also had those, uh, Davinci twins out there. Yeah, that's right. I'd never seen these guys yeah. before, but they are quite the characters. Buddy, I can't not stand those guys sometimes. I don't I don't get what it is. Like if the, are they trying to be influencers or are they wrestlers? I don't really I don't like they it. 
I'm trying to think the best way to describe him with like the blonde hair is like a couple of Justin Bieber twins or something like yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they also had they also had the bunny come out uh, with the butcher and the blade. Funny how she didn't wrestle a match though the entire time she was in Toronto, which right. is very strange because she got the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> right, right. Hometown girl. She yeah. was in her like Canadian gear and everything too. Yeah, everybody cheering for the heels. It's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but there was there was quite a few quite a few people out there um, that weren't bad. Like uh, Freddie Mercury made her return with Serena Deeb. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Emmy <laughs> soccer, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, they had like a a veterans match, you know, and Sky Blue as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but Madison Rain and Serena Deeb, those two are like unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was super happy to see those guys and uh, the Bollywood boys also making their AEW debut yeah, against the Yeah, that's boys. right. That's right. <laughs> so. Two teams of boys going against each other. Yeah. <laughs> the boys. <laughs> but it, there was a lot of kind of hometown uh, uh, hero welcomes there because Sean yeah. Spears came back in his 10 gimmick as well at these tapings. That's right. Or the live show slash tapings or whatever. So Sean yeah. Spears teamed back up with FTR on the on the Rampage. Yeah, that they taped there, and and they actually called themselves the Pinnacle too, which is like, yeah, is the yeah, Pinnacle still a thing? Because FTR <laughs> teamed with Wardlow not long ago, and they referenced it, and then Spears and also, too, and also but, Tully's gone, too, right? and no MJF is part of the whole thing, or it's just yeah. kind of like maybe you should just leave the Pinnacle thing alone because that's been long. It's dead all he's got. <laughs> it's all he's got. Uh, no, that entire ra- that entire rampage had some had some really good stuff too, like um. What was I looking at? Oh yeah, the embassy versus the pinnacle had that triple sharpshooter spot. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You get, you get the Bret Hart pop with the Toronto crowd. Yeah. That always works, right? But they all looked. I mean, they all look good. Like Ty, uh, not Ty Dillinger. Sorry, <laughs> might Sean as well Spears. be doing the ten thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Like Sean Spears, like he's not. He hasn't done it for me for a while. And doing the ten, I don't. I've never really got the ten thing. Like it to it me was, is so lame. It was cooler before, before everybody started saying 10 at every single show ever. Yeah. That's the problem. It got overused with that. Like when he debuted in like in WWE, it was huge, right? Because yeah. that whole weekend was 10, 10, right? Like, yeah, and it and was at NXT at no- TakeOver in Toronto, yeah. right? So it was cool. And right? he would get the number 10 spot in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. Of course, or whatever, yeah. right? I don't know. Just the way uh, Sean Spears' character had been for so long is just like MJF's lackey and just being a total jobber. Yeah. But I guess it was nice for him to come out and get the reaction in Toronto and be a baby face again, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I don't know. He doesn't do it for me, but maybe a lot of people out there disagree. But uh, I don't know, man. It's It was very strange. But uh, we we weren't able to hit uh, – hit, sorry. <laughs> we, were, we weren't able to go to uh, Rampage, unfortunately. No. Um, but I did watch Dark because I heard that – I had heard through the grapevine that there were some crazy matches – uh, on dark that uh, at the at the AEW tapings in Toronto, so they had Vanessa Craven against Sheeta, and that was fantastic. I don't I don't know if you know Vanessa Craven, Matt, but I know the name, but I'm not a, as super familiar as you uh, obviously are. Well, she used to be in a stable with uh, FTM, and uh, and uh, she she's like really really tall. She's like six seven or something like that. Wow. Um, and yeah, she put on a hell of a match against Sheeta. It's, I'm actually surprised that Sheeta won. Like, it's almost unbelievable because Sheeta's so much smaller than her. It doesn't make sense. But, like, yeah. and, like, Vanessa, they made her look really, really strong. 
they had an they had Uno coming out getting like a nice reaction. I forget what they had. It was a Dark Order match or something like that. But Stu Grayson made his return too at the at Rampage as well in Toronto. Stu Grayson. They had a little promo backstage where they all put the paws okay. in and Stu put his paw back his paw in or whatever. <laughs> but he's been gone for a while too. But I guess the fact that they were in Canada it was nice to see Stu Stu Grayson back with Dark Order too. Yeah, not to mention uh. A friend of friend of the show, Kobe Durst, taking on best friends. That's right. That's right. <laughs> in a trios match, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, he had to eat an orange punch, but you know, hey, this part of the business, I guess. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> also, uh, Cutler was wrestling there, and we didn't see it. Like I thought, he was suspended. He wrestled Ari Davari. Now Cutler had been back for a little while. Okay. He was only suspended pending like being interviewed for the investigation. I don't think he was ever actually in trouble for anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ethan Page uh, got the hometown welcome too, being right. a Hamilton boy. That's right. And he won the contracts of Private Party and Matt Hardy. Big win, I guess. <laughs> so and many feuds over like who owns whose contract. The the rap that he made that Matt Hardy put out was great though. I didn't hear that. Oh, he did. He did like a he did like a rap. I I can't remember if it was before the match that they had where they lost the contract or something. He's like he's like homie, don't listen to nobody, sucker. <laughs> like, like, and it's it's just funny just because if you th- like imagine Matt Hardy's face doing that, yeah. like oh come on, dude. Like, he did the whole John Cena like rap thing, it was right? Great. Yeah. But yeah, the whole the whole experience of getting uh, to go to see AW in Toronto was great. Eric and I we were sitting up in like one of the. F- last rows from the back like yeah. facing like the the entrance ramp or whatever but randy and uh randy and bobby uncle yeah. bobby b were sitting like right ringside like uh along the entrance way there right yeah they were right beside the entrance ramp right on the front front row there yeah and brady and matt from tht they got on camera <laughs> a few times because they were sitting right around ringside on the guardrail yeah i think they i think they posted on facebook it's also on tsn's tiktok uh yeah when christian said uh something about the leafs yeah yeah, yeah. and and it it just panned to them and bro <laughs> brady making the the funniest face of all time oh, it was it, like, oh, oh, oh instant meme like <laughs> yeah. it was an instant meme yeah <laughs> yeah so if, if you go to uh, s enemies like uh, facebook group uh, we put up some pictures there of uh bash at the bar and at uh at dynamite itself and rampage so did uh boris and, and uh, dan there's lots yeah. of photos of everybody that went down there which was great we had a little parking lot party before yeah what happens in the parking lot stays in the parking <laughs> of lot of course of course right <laughs> so like i even remember i seen sean ross sap hanging out front of uh, uh the gates to get into the coca-cola coliseum there yeah so i yeah my eyes were like peeled seeing who's who's gonna be around who are you gonna spot or whatever yeah. i got bumped into by channing decker it's the greatest moment yeah. of my life yeah <laughs> Go, I was right? standing in his way and he pushed me out of the way. He said, Hey, and I yeah. said, Oh, my bad. And uh, it was a little busy out there to be fair. Like everybody oh, yeah. was just bumping into everybody. It was, it was so packed. It, it took was like, packed. it was just a herd of cattle for like half an hour trying to squeeze into like two lines to get in with your tickets beforehand. Yeah. It was a little claustrophobic actually crammed in there yeah. trying to get in. Also, uh, shout out to Matt Edder's buddy walking around with that with that painting uh, that says "Better Than Moses" and MJF splitting the Red Sea. Yes, yes. This this is on. Uh, I believe it's on the Facebook group as well. If you haven't seen it yet, someone did an amazing painting of MJF in front of the parted Red Sea, and uh, they were actually trying to. Uh, 
uh, auction it off, do a raffle, raise some money. Yeah, I don't know if they, I don't know if they have that going yet, but uh, I I think it's going to be on the SME Radio Group whenever they get it going. Uh, yeah. as far as I know, it was a gr- amazing painting, and like I seen them at the event too, walking around like yeah. showing it off to everybody <laughs> there. So kudos to those guys. It was a really really beautiful like painting that they did, and really funny too. Absolutely. And uh, post show. We ended up going to up next uh, po- uh, after party yeah. for wrestling karaoke at uh, Sneaky D's. At Sneaky D's. So shout out Braden and Davey Portman, cool dudes. We got to meet them there as well, and uh, shout out to them. It was a great time. Uh, every wrestling theme song under the sun yeah. that had lyrics, people were rocking out there too. So I was shout very, out to those I was guys. very surprised the the one that got the biggest crowd reaction. You would never guess it. Limp Bizkit. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that did get a good crowd reaction. Though. Um, well, American Males. American Males. American right. Males. I don't know who was singing that. I, I, I was kind of in the back and I couldn't see very well, but yeah. people were going nuts for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had Cult of Personality. Uh, oh, yeah. Cody Rhodes' theme song is going. <laughs> Adam Cole's. Yeah, yeah <laughs> It's yeah. all about the boom, baby. <laughs> so wrestling karaoke. Little did I know how much I needed that in my life, but that was a great time. Mm-hmm. So a good time ha- had by all for the event and... Uh, can't wait till they come back again. Hopefully, we get a pay per view in the near future or whatever. So, I think that would be the logical conclusion for them is to have like either a full gear or something like that up here. Maybe Revolution come back, Why right? Not? Yeah, do it at the ACC or yeah. the Scotiabank Arena as it's yeah. now known. Yeah, Raptors and Leafs take a night off. <laughs> we'll take, we got it from here. <laughs> so, a couple other uh, storylines I guess we can touch on. One I want to talk about is uh, Darby Allen and Jay Lethal. This feud's still going on. Yeah. And uh, the absence of Sting, uh, Darby was saying that he had asked Sting to kind of step back because he wanted to prove that he could do it himself. Yeah. And he's teased like an old friend of his returning next week as well. So I, I don't know who that might be referring to. I don't think it assumes to be Sting. I, I don't think so at all because he just asked him to leave. So what now is all of a sudden he's back to like, no, no, our ratings aren't doing yeah. so well. We got to get Sting back in there. Yeah. Darby had <laughs> kind of talked about wanting to like step away for a while and they, they haven't done much prominent with him in a little bit. But so I'm interested to see what they do, but I, I'm assuming that eventually it's going to lead to like some sort of tag match, maybe with Darby and Sting against what Jay Lethal and like Satnam Singh or something like that. Yeah, if if they even make it that far, it kind of looks like Jay Lethal's kind of getting ready to walk out on Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh, which wouldn't be the worst thing, maybe. It would, it would probably be really good for him, honestly. Uh, actually, that was that happened at Dark Elevation, did it not? Uh, in Toronto. Where uh, Lethal got pulled right out of the match, and he teamed up against uh, uh, the Voros twins. That's what it was. Okay, okay. They fought. They fought Lethal and, and Satnam Singh, and Satnam Singh pretty much did all the work, mm-hmm. while Jay Lethal sat on the outside. And then Sanjay Dutt <laughs> finally was like, "Come on, we won, we won." It's like, dude, I didn't even throw a punch. <laughs> what right. are you talking about? Like you dragged me out here. So that's kind of looking like that's the way that's going altogether. An- but another one of those angles where it's like a tease of like people turning on each other in a faction or whatever yeah we're getting it a little bit too with uh, brian danielson and wheeler yuda there's infighting in the blackpool combat club now correct. too between those two guys correct and claudio having to separate those guys yeah so i wonder where that leads to it seems like brian danielson's getting a bit of his like asshole edge back a little bit here yeah. too new ring of honor pure champion no honor <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Uh, the Acclaimed having a great month as well in their own right. Tag yep. Team Champions. Uh, what a great story. Scissor Me Daddy Ass is the most over thing. <laughs> I don't think there was... Uh, 
a t-shirt that was more prominent in Toronto than the, the, oh, yeah. the Scissor Me Daddy ass shirt. Not to mention the deafening Oh Scissor Me Daddy chant yeah. in, the, in the arena. I couldn't even hear. Like, that's how yeah. loud it was. <laughs> and uh, Billy Gunn as over as he's ever been now because yeah. of this, too. Yeah. And uh, the DX reunion that happened on Monday Night Raw, there was the rumor of Billy Gunn like being invited to go there. And apparently the, the rumor in Scuttlebutt or the, the hearsay in Scuttlebutt is... Uh, Tony Khan would have allowed Billy Gunn to go, but all they wanted was WWE to mention that he was an AEW talent, and WWE was like, no, we'll we'll go without him. So it would have been cool to see him out there in like a scissor me daddy ass shirt and at the DX reunion or something, or maybe he would have had to wear a DX shirt. Yeah, him just throwing scissors out in the crowd. (laughs) But um, not not to mention like... um, him getting kidnapped by Sneaky Swerve now at the end of the yeah. month. That's a little, that's got a real, real Bray Wyatt feel to it. I don't know if I like that. And what, he used like vice grips or something to break his fingers, so now he can't scissor? Yeah, yeah. Not my superpower. Right. And the acclaimed, uh, Mark Sterling has been trying to steal trademarks. He stole the Varsity from the Varsity Blondes. Yeah. Stole their trademark. And then he tried to steal the Scissor trademark. So the Acclaim had to beat the Varsity athletes to retain the right to say Scissor me, Daddy, or use yeah. the scissors or whatever. And then he caught an avalanche scissor for his troubles. <laughs> <laughs> but that tag, the tag team title scene, too, has uh, been pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, Swerving our glory defeating FTR to take that number one contendership. That and was big. FTR were looking like at the beginning of summer that they were going to be in the tag title pitcher and be the number one team in this division. And I don't know if it's their friendship or affiliation with CM Punk backstage or or what it is that why the FTR hasn't been given the titles. They lost this match to lose their number one contendership. Yeah. They're not booked on TV very often. It's usually Dax in a singles match that he loses. I don't know what happened with FTR because they were the most popular team going and they've kind of just been put on the back burner a bit, it feels like. Well, I mean, there is one more ROH uh, pay-per-view for the end of the year. It's probably going to be Briscoe's and them again in another barn burner. I guess um, so. They might lose those championships to the Briscoes, I have a feeling. So who knows? I, I I doubt it's like a punishment thing, but I, I doubt it's like, you know, like uh, it just feels like, yeah, like them having all those titles, it makes sense to have them have the AEW titles as well and give them like a belt collector thing. Who cares? Like, ha- just for now. Like, you know like, what I to mean? To be honest, on AEW TV, having those other three championships is nice and all, but without the AEW titles, it didn't complete the whole package yeah Yeah, yeah. and it felt like that's what was gonna happen but something's changed along the way it seems like it seems like yeah uh but kind of ending off the month here uh john moxley defends the title defeating penta in what was a random world title match all of a sudden penta gets a world title match after like when was the last time he won a singles match well so here's the thing i think they were trying to do like a bit of a because it was fresh off of triple mania Ah. Uh, and he had probably the best match on that entire card. Yeah, uh, but he, it's, he it's a very weird. Uh, uh, v- uh, Viano four, right, right, or Viano IV. I don't know how they four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was that's like a very weird, weird match setup. The Penta Mox one? No, no, no. The actual like uh, the match that he did at Triple Mania. Right. This is uh, Ruleta de la Muerte. Right. Is like uh, it's a match. It's a tournament. Where if you lose, you advance. What? 
Yeah, so that means he lost three matches to get to that match where he won finally. <laughs> okay, that's as backwards as the reverse battle royal they used to do at Impact. You start outside the ring and got to fight your way in. Like, that doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Essentially what it is is it's it's only masked like luchas. So, so if you lose, you're essentially, uh, when you get to the final match, if you lose, you have to take off your mask. Right. So Viana 4 obviously lost because he's like 56. He was out there. He took every chair shot, every everything he could. Penta carried that match, and but like, like literally, it was just a hardcore match. He okay. was just he just got the shit beat. <laughs> I did, I did yeah. see some of the images after the match, and Penta yeah. looked like a total badass in the ring, like oh, yeah. holding up his mask, almost like Sub Zero pulling the head off someone at the oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat or it, something. It was a very emotional, very emotional spot in the night, like uh, him taking off the mask and stuff like that. Because you're talking about a Mexican legend, right? Like you know what I mean? And yeah. he's unmasked. You know, he's lived under the mask his whole life, pretty much. I right remember now. seeing Viano like in WCW in the That's late nineties. I mean. That's like, what I mean. Yeah. Right? yeah so, so it was. It was a really, really cool matchup. Uh, very, like, very, very impressive bumps from Viano for being 56. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, uh, not to mention, like, that entire card was fantastic. Um, they they always have their issues with their audio and stuff like that. But what I didn't get, did you know that Triple Mania is three shows a year? No. Huh? So, everybody was talking about this was the third and final show of the year. Okay. Was this Triple Mania, this Triple Mania show, but the first one was with Andrade, right? The second one was with Kenny Omega, or no, first one was with Kenny Omega. Kenny against Andrade? And, no, no, Kenny, Kenny defending his belt versus um, Laredo Kid. Laredo Kid, yeah. Because so that, that was earlier in the year before he got injured, right? Before he lost all the belts. Right. So it's kind of strange, like... Um, like I didn't rec- I didn't realize that until after I'm like, wait, haven't I already watched Triple Mania this year? Yeah, I do not keep up with Triple A like yeah. nearly as much as maybe I should, but uh, I'll, I, I'll, I had no idea. I'll tell you right now, there was there was quite a bit of uh, AEW talent on there. Like uh, Brian Cage and Johnny Elite were with Sam Adonis competing in like a it was like a three way trios championship match against uh, Laredo Kid and Bandito and somebody else. Right. I can't remember. Those are like the big teams because like Johnny Elite like. That guy's still wrestling. Like, he had one or two yeah. matches on Dynamite, and then yeah. he's been gone. Yeah. So now he's been, I guess, competing all over the place, right? So. And, and Brian Cage has been back in AEW uh, pretty frequently recently as well. Well, and they didn't even really give a spotlight on the fact that this was Johnny Elite and and Brian Brian Cage like wrestling in this match. Like, uh, Laredo Kid obviously and Bandito had their whole thing, but uh, it was it was a bit of a like a shit show that entire match because like yeah. People are just fucking everywhere. It's, just, yeah, it's yeah. nine people in the ring, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So it was a bit of a mess, but uh, I think they walked out Trio's champs. I don't know because it looked like Brian Cage won. He pinned the guy or Sam Adonis pinned the guy. And then like literally the other team pulled out like other belts, <laughs> like not Laredo Kid, like the, the, the third team. And I was like, what the fuck is going on in this match? I'm like, who won the goddamn match? Right? Oh. Like, so, it was a mess. But uh, Ray Phoenix uh, defending his AAA Mega Championship against uh, Hio del v- uh, Vikingo. Yeah, Vikingo? Or, yeah. yeah. That, that was a nasty match. Yeah, yeah. He's the Mexican Ray Phoenix, and he proved it, man. Yeah, no doubt. Like like weird, weird combinations and like very like crazy acrobatics. And not to mention... Uh, Phoenix was like crimson mask, like five minutes into the match, and it looked cool as shit because it was under his real mask. Right. Like, so he must he must have took a shot, like because it looked like he he bled hard way. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, and like this match was just like an absolute absolute war. Um, 
what you call it? he was doing like he like hit like three different six thirty splashes, including like a springboard one. Yeah, yeah. Like he was just whipping splashes around and shit like that. It was a gnarly match, but he lost. He lost in the yeah. end, uh, Phoenix. So I guess they're trying to because they're trying to push them more as trios champions. And they want them more here now. So it was smart to get the belt off them while they could and maybe give it to someone who's there. Right. All the time wrestling for AAA, right? Well, so it sounds like Triple Mania gets the Eric Reed uh, double thumbs up approval. Honestly, I've been watching it for years now, and I sometimes it's great, sometimes it's bad, and sometimes it's just what the f. But this year, <laughs> the, the or sorry, this one, anyways, great, fantastic, my favorite. Well, uh, we're leading into full gear now. At uh, when's full gear? November. I should really have this in front of us, but November nineteenth. Com- <laughs> November nineteenth. So it's coming up, and. Uh, the card is starting to take shape. We know it's MJF and John Moxley. Yeah. They just announced on Rampage 2 that a world title eliminator tournament's been announced for full gear with the winner receiving a world title match that the winner is coming on December 14th in Dallas. And we've got two participants officially announced for this as far as I know right now. Dante Martin being one and Ethan Page being the other. Not two guys I would have thought would have been in a world title tournament, but I like it. It's fresh guys that are getting a chance to be kind of elevated up into that world title scene and specifically Ethan Page I think uh, it's a great spot for him I think he's got a lot to offer as a more of a main event heavyweight like competitor yeah he needs like a big push like I being part of the firm is good it kind of keeps him on like I, I don't know if he really needs the Stokely Hathaway with him to talk but for him he's or anything. training like, Dan Lambert for Stokely now but I like Ethan can talk on his own but that's uh, what I mean yeah the firm's being established as one of the top heel stables there so mm. It's not a bad spot for him, and, no. but I think he needs to uh, keep being put in positions to have great singles matches and uh, show what he can do. I would, I would like, I would like him to be TNT champion sooner rather than later. I would say that. And uh, who was it? They were teasing against Warjo. It was wasn't it Brian Cage and yep. uh, was holding up the no Hobbs. Yes, it was Hobbs. Hobbs had the TNT title held up. Yeah. And uh, Brian Cage had the ROH television title. So they're yeah. teasing uh, Warjo against Hobbs and uh, Brian Cage right now. Yeah, or, so that'll or the, be the embassy versus yeah, them and FTR or something. Those guys yeah, yeah. are all mixed in together in, in yeah. like a feud or whatever. But I know Samoa Joe and Wardlow, they make for a badass team together. But like, especially the TNT title used to be really like featured as a singles program. And yeah. Wardlow's kind of. In, in the tag thing with uh, Samoa Joe right now, but uh, I, I mean, don't know. He, he's had some he's had some singles matches, but it's mostly just come in through a few Bri- power bombs. He beat and- Brian Cage in a pretty competitive match. Of, like That's that right. was a Haas match. Those two guys. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I liked how Powerhouse Hobbs looked holding that TNT I know, title. I and, know, and, uh, I know. <laughs> a Wardlow Hobbs feud or, or match, maybe if that sat full gear or something, that's something I would get behind. I could definitely see it. That would be great. And uh, kind of last thing I had to touch on for the month, uh, Mike Tyson mm-hmm. is returning as a special guest commentator for Rampage next Friday in Atlantic City. What do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. So <laughs> we haven't seen Mike Tyson in AEW since uh, his interactions he had with Chris Jericho there, right? right it was yeah. like maybe two years ago or something. It feels like now it's been a while. I don't know if it's during the pandemic or not. Yeah, I think it was. I want to say it was at Daly's place. I can't remember, but he he came out and uh, protected the inner circle against. God, I can't even. The pinnacle. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember if he punched someone out or not or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he did. He was throwing uh, body shots to Sean Spears. (laughs) (laughs) He was just bam in the corner. (laughs) 
But um, yeah, that was October in AEW. We're all over the place there. But uh, is there anything else you want to touch on before we hit Uncle Bobby B? I think we covered it all. Uh, it, it was just a great month in wrestling, especially in Toronto. It was a. <laughs> it was interesting to see a full month of AEW without Punk and the Elite. And yeah. uh, all in all, I thought it was pretty good TV. Like for the most part, you know what? Yeah. Like MJF, Moxley, Danielson, the acclaimed. A lot of highlights of the month. So I'm just glad MJF came back when he did. <laughs> yes, thank goodness. Because uh, otherwise, it would it would be in dire straits right now. Right. So I I think I think they're on the right track with stuff. I think it's good uh, with the elite possibly returning. Hopefully, God willing, yeah. <laughs> that'll yeah. be great. MJF's gonna make John Moxley gargle your piss, man. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a little <laughs> much. Crush your bones and gargle my piss. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, let's throw it over to Uncle Bobby B this month with his hits and shits. <laughs> let's talk about some good guys. Okay. Let's talk about the troops. This is Uncle Bobby B, baby. You're listening to Shits or Hits on AEWTF. All right, welcome back. It's me, Uncle Bobby B, and you know what it is. It's Shits or Hits. It's the uh, Halloween edition. That really doesn't mean anything i'm i'm nothing has changed it's just a normal edition well i feel like i've been a little hard a little harsh on aew the past couple of months it's been it's been a lot of shits and not a lot of hits but i'm gonna try and spin that around this month because it's been it's been pretty interesting aside from the obvious uh you know i got to attend aew two times in toronto thank you to the tht crew for hosting us on thursday it was fantastic, and uh, I want to touch a little bit on some of those dark matches we saw because we saw a lot of local Ontario talent, uh, people that I get to see on a weekly basis sometimes doing their thing on the indie scene, and a lot of them got a spotlight and a chance to shine, so a big shout-out to some of them. Hope you were able to catch some of those matches. People like Jody Threat, Alexia Nicole, Shane Saber, Kobe Durst, Junior Benito, Jesse V., there was more. I, I I can't fit you all in, but it was fantastic. Tyler Turva is another one. Great to see all of them out there. Hope you all caught them. Hope you all were impressed. So AEW definitely on the hits column for picking some fantastic local talent to come out and work those dark matches in front of the Toronto crowd, and they definitely enjoyed it. And they were behind. Uh, they were behind their local talent. I'll tell you that. Now. As to what's been going on in AEW, I think we've had a lot of great stuff. And I'm going to start right off with with this whole Jericho angle of defending the title against all the former ROH champions. I'm loving it. I thought the match with Dalton Castle was a lot of fun. I'm interested to see how this continues to go. And I think it's also bringing attention to ROH. Not to mention that whole swerve with Daniel Garcia fooling us all. You think he's edging closer to the Blackpool Combat Club. And maybe he is in the long term. But right now he is firmly with the Jericho Appreciation Society. So good on them for swerving. Certainly swerved me. And uh, this this storyline is fascinating to see where it goes. Because we've seen now that tension with Brian Danielson and Wheeler Utah. Uh, so it, it, it's it's progressing, and I really like this long-term booking with the factions. Really enjoying that. Nice to see Riho back. She came in as part of the save uh, in that Jamie Hayter match, and uh, it, it was great to see 
Rio coming back. Of course, former AEW champion, great talent. Uh, she looked ready to go. So I, I'm glad she's back in that women's division. They need a little bit more depth there. And we got Swerve in our glory. They, you know, I said maybe they, they were out of the title picture a little too quickly there. Well, they're back in there with that victory over FTR. They are now the number one contenders. Still a little bit of tension there, I think, with the underhanded tactics from Swerve versus uh, Keith Lee trying to get the more clean, you know, go over clean, basically. Keith Lee wants to win at the fairway. And speaking of winning at the fairway, MJF. He went out and cut, like, when I say MJF is doing some of the best work of his career, I don't think anyone's really going to argue with me, particularly that promo with William Regal. It was fantastic. And and let's not cut short William Regal, who came in there and just shut down everything Max was saying. It was a really great segment. It was a really great promo. I enjoyed it. I know a lot of other people did. And it looks like we're done with the firm Stokely Hathaway MJF, they are no longer, uh, clearly, no longer working together. So MJF cashing in at full gear. This is going to be interesting. Uh, Will this be MJF? Is it his time? Will he be the world champion? I think so. I think this is the time for MJF to claim the world title. And I think they've waited long enough. Now's the time to pull the trigger, uh, especially with the de- the uh, supposed departure of CM Punk. Apparently, he is uh, he is gone and he will not be coming back. But uh, who's in is the kingdom. Word on the street is they've all been signed to some deals. Uh, Maria Kanellis as a uh, on-screen talent, not necessarily working, but the rest of the guys will be in AEW or at least ROH. So that's going to be great to see. Happy to see them uh, on board. And that's it for me. I've been running long, so I'm cutting it short this month. Hope you all had a great October, great Halloween. Hope you enjoyed that AEW episode that was in Toronto. We certainly did. We were in attendance. Uh, got to attend the pre-party with the SNME crew, the AEWTF crew, the THT crew. There was a lot of crews there. It was a crew fest, and we all enjoyed it immensely. Even did the after party with some wrestling karaoke. That was interesting. Uh, if you've never seen a room full of people singing American Males... I guess you haven't lived. And that's it for me this month. This has been Uncle Bobby B. You can catch me on the socials. That's on Instagram, at the real Uncle Bobby B. Thanks, as always, to the boys from AEWTF for having me. Catch me next month on Shits or Hits, baby. Thank you, Uncle Bobby B. Always insightful with your hits or shits column. Uh huh. I love it. <laughs> I, lo- I love it because he pretty much just touches on all the things we want to say, but we don't say. <laughs> right. He's straight shooter. Exactly. Shooting from the hip. <laughs> but uh, let's get into YouTube theater. What do you say? Let's do it. This is YouTube theater with Mr. Eric Reed. So welcome everybody to YouTube Theater, a segment that is slowly dying because we have no BTE. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as far as this week, there's not really much to say about the BTE. They're still obviously on hiatus due to the Bucks and Cutler suspension, but Cutler seems to be back. So that's we're moving in the right direction, I think. (laughs) My one question will be when BTE does come back, do they touch on CM Punk or the situation at all? Because the Bucks have been known to be very passive aggressive in terms of like real life things that happen and they make like a joke about it or punk poke fun at it or like 
little subtle hint or reference to it, like kind of winking at the audience. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that they're just going to leave this alone and kind of make no mention of it at all. But that'll be the one interesting thing when the first BT does come back, if it comes back at all. Like maybe BT's just done. I don't know. God, I hope not. I hope um, not too. I think it could be more of like an office situation. It's like, where you guys been the last few months? Oh, you know. And then look directly at the camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hmm. You know, so I think if anything, they'll be very tongue in cheek about it. It'll it'll be something funny. Yeah. But um, uh, Sammy's vlog still going strong, and <laughs> definitely taking the number one spot right now. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they did have uh Pizza Jones making his uh, debut on Sammy vlog. Pizza Sammy's Jones. Vlog. Yeah. yeah. Luigi Primo. Uh, they want him for a, a permanent spot on the vlog. That was the whole thing. Really? Yeah. They wanted him in for a permanent spot, but he, he can't guarantee that he'll be back like week to week. So, mm. You know, you can't talk, you, you know, it's like, he's like a bird. You cannot change, you know? Uh. So, <laughs> you know? Um, Griff Garrison's still thirst trapping, you know, plus uh, he, he's got those, uh, he had some merch made where it's like him as a Simpsons character, yeah. all jacked with like just his tights on. Yeah. And it just says gym time with Griff. I actually might rock the shit out of that shirt. Someone, cool. <laughs> someone made a tweet uh, uh, that said, I hope uh, Brian Pillman Jr. teams up with uh, uh, Brock Anderson. Like yeah. make a four and, and Griff Garrison liked the tweet. And yeah. since they've lost the varsity blondes gimmick or whatever, like I kind of think that might be the end of the Brian Pillman Griff Garrison tag team too. Well, like Feels I mean like it. I mean Griff Garrison hasn't really been featured on no. AEW in quite no. a while. So no. I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of done. Um yeah. I don't know. There's there's not really much uh, going on with Sammy's vlog. Like Marco is still getting cut off in bits where he's like he comes on, he's he now his whole thing was he was committing gimmick infringement and doing the cue card thing. Oh, the Sammy, Sammy the Sammy cue card. Yeah, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, because his whole thing is that he always, he's always talking and then he gets cut off. Right. So I guess he did the cue cards and they still Clever. got cut off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um, Alan Angel still the vlog champ and uh, defending his Sammy's vlog title against uh, his girlfriend again, which I thought she won. But whatever, I don't know what's going on in this entire thing. Um, in a coloring book contest? Yeah, that's what it was. It was like literally like they had a coloring book and then or like one of those adult coloring books. And then they both got to like color it in. And then they they had Twitter decide who who did it better. OK, OK. So and uh, I think his girlfriend won. I don't know. I stopped watching. It's um, more, more interesting than just doing blackjack for every title match. Well, that's what I said. I said at least they're trying to think of things. You know yeah. I mean? so, yeah, yeah. Um, but the vlog itself is like turned into like now they're doing like um, pranking each other, him and Tay, Sammy and Tay. So it's like turned into like, a, do you remember that YouTube channel Prank versus Prank? Yeah. Yeah. The, the boyfriend, girlfriend, they were constantly pr- yeah, yeah. trying to outdo each other with pranks. Yeah, yeah. This is like a way more tame version of that. So it's right. not as good. But uh, Sammy's vlog, man, as long as as long as BT is not there, they're going to reign supreme. Yeah. It kind of looks like so. BT, please come back. And <laughs> and uh, actually, one thing I did want to talk about. I don't know if you if you ever watch uh, OSW. I have a little bit in the past, but it's quite the popular uh, YouTube show. So they they old school, do, old school wrestling review or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. There there are like three Irish guys that do it. And uh, to be honest, this uh, this last one that they just released this month was uh, a review of All Out. Okay. And I'll tell you right now, it was um, 
probably their best AEW review so far. They've done some really good, like old school, like WWF pay per views and like, WWE pay per views and stuff. But right. this was by far the best they've ever done. It was a long watch. It was two hours and nine minutes. I was glued to it. I stayed up after work and watched the whole two hours nice. uninterrupted. Um, they go into depth about the all out fallout, like why, why anything could have happened. They go into the hangman page comments on like why CM Punk was upset with him. Hangman page. They'd set up the whole story start to finish. So, I mean, not that and anybody doesn't know what happened already. Cause it's been beaten to death, but it's nice when someone puts it uh, succinctly or right. Correct, and yeah. and the way they just review the matches, it's so funny. <laughs> Those guys really know how to do it, and I think this is by far one of the best OSW reviews I've seen. Pure gold, definitely go go check it out. Right on. Um, if you have two hours to spare, I know that's a lot to ask <laughs> from people, but it, it is really worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing for me was uh, the Ariel Hawani interview with Tony Khan that he had on his channel, and uh, this was interesting because. Uh, after the interview was over, Ariel commented that it was one of the most frustrating interviews of his entire career. Oh, really? Essentially, Tony Khan went on there and uh, was able to plug Rampage and Dynamite and talk about how great this and that and everything is. But every question Ariel hit him with, Tony Khan didn't want to comment on, which I guess with the CM Punk and Elite situation, I can understand legally he didn't want to talk about. But he didn't want to talk about MJF's contract situation either. And he kind of just uh, tiptoed around pretty much every question Ariel had. Yeah. So it was like an hour and a half interview where like Tony really didn't say anything the whole time. So Ariel was kind of frustrated that like you want to come on our show and plug your stuff. That's fine. But you got to give us something too. Yeah. So that that was kind of a interesting look into uh, I guess what I don't know the best way to describe it, but. Tony loves to do interviews. He speaks all the time, but it's like, if you're going to go on a show, but you know you can't answer any of the questions that you're going to get, what's the point of even doing it? Yeah, yeah I hear you. So saying. I kind of felt for Ariel there, but uh, that was the one big highlight for me, like on YouTube. I didn't get into too much this month. Just keeping up with AEW is a lot uh, as it is, but... Uh, so I know, I know MJF was kind of on like a YouTube press tour recently. And uh, actually, the Ariel interview started with Ariel saying, like, I wasn't sure if you liked me, Tony. Like, I thought maybe we had some heat mm -hmm. because I think uh, Tony Khan was upset that MJF went on Ariel's show without Ariel going through the proper channels of, oh, okay, of okay. AEW's PR. Okay. So I think but by the sounds of it, they got that straightened out or whatever. But there was kind of some tension, like, right off the bat with that interview. Cause I don't like he, so he did that, uh, ans answers from the internet or whatever interview with Barstool. Yeah. And I've been like really getting into, you ever seen like a uh, Caleb Presley? That no. guy does like, he does like a show called Sunday conversations. It's like Sunday, like an ice cream okay. conversations. And, uh, he's had like quite a few like major people on there. Like he had like a uh, Drewski and stuff like that. Like a uh, big like Twitch streamer. And he had like, um, has Hezbollah, you know, that guy, the little small guy. No idea. <laughs> okay, he's his whole thing is he's buddies with like uh, Khabib, uh, okay. Nuragemdov, yeah, and like stuff like that. And so, I think like that's a missed opportunity not having MJF on that show. That's gonna be a, that would be a huge thing for him to right. have MJF, just because he's very much like that, like Eric Andre, like in your face kind of awkward comedy sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think him and MJF would clash, but it would be like good. You make know? for make for quality entertainment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. There, there's a, quite a few things I feel like. Or missed opportunities. I think that would be a good one. So, you know. 
Mm. Just credit me when it happens. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. One recommendation <laughs> I have, uh, well, last one here for me, is uh, watching Hey EW. Absolutely. RJ City does such a great job with these interviews. Uh, yeah. He did a recent one with uh, William Regal that was great. Oh, my God. I, I, I forgot about that. recommend that, yeah. <laughs> that was, I think it was last month, and we never brought it up last month, but we had, we yeah. had like, such, such a lot of stuff to talk about with YouTube Theater last yeah. month. But he did one where he had... William Regal, uh, sorry, William Regal doing uh, a scene, like a scene reading from uh, Coronation Street, which is like one of my favorite shows of all time. Don't, <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> uh, but I do love that show growing up in a British household and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, and he did, he did a scene with Jack, uh, Jack Barlow and Deirdre Barlow arguing with each other. It's like a very iconic scene from like probably like the late eighties. Yeah. And of course, William Regal being a big Coronation Street fan that yeah. he is being, you know, a British guy himself. Corey street. Oh yeah. Corey street. Yeah. And it was, it was like, that was like full circle moment for me. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> two worlds are colliding. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this interview was made specifically for me. I loved it. Uh, another couple, two episodes that I recommend is the one he did with FTR was really good. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole was really good, and Arn Anderson was really good, too. He also did one with uh, Renee Paquette very recently that was really good. Right yes, after I, she signed. I, yeah, I have to watch yeah. that one now, too. Yeah. How can he not go wrong? RJ City is like one of the funniest guys. He nails it. He, yeah, he, he, plays, it. he plays that role so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, he's such a great job on that. Highly recommend watching Hey, EW. Yeah. Now would be a good time for Jason. Bring back the comedy strikes. <laughs> Bring yes. back RJ City because he was always had me laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man. But uh yeah, not really much in the realm of YouTube this month. Like uh like we like we said, hopefully we're getting back into BT coming back and uh maybe that'll kind of spice it up a bit for us. But f to be honest, kind of a kind of a slow month with YouTube. Yeah, Randy can maybe uh, fill us in on like the toy vlogs and stuff next yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll have a whole presentation set up for us. His TED talk on the Ethan Page toy vlogs for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's gonna throw us over to in this corner with uh, Randy, mm -hmm. who unfortunately wasn't here today, but he was able to get a very special guest. So I've read about three different nicknames for her, but I think this one is the best one: Pro Wrestling's Bubblegum Princess. Alexa Nicole. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a, an Alexa Nicole match. Maybe a good place to start would be uh, the October 25th episode of Dark. Uh, she took on Athena. Fantastic match. Fantastic match. She she really went out there and gave it her all. And I think AEW, like the whole match kind of gave her a spot to shine on such a bigger scale because she, she is very much an underrated talent. And uh, she'll actually be November 5th at uh, the Arthur Caulfield uh, Memorial Show at Battle Arts all proceeds going to uh, Brendan Caulfield, a good friend of the show. Yep. Um, and to help with the exp uh, funeral expenses of his uh, father's passing. Uh, very sad story, but um, yes, it's going to be a for Brendan. Yes. Yes. It's going to be a very fantastic show. Quite, quite a few people on there. Alexa is going to be taking on Giselle Shaw from impact. So big match for her. Very cool. Yeah. And you got a, quite a few people on the car, you know, pretty Ricky Wildly is going to be a while. Uh, Wildy's going to be there. Uh, Holden Albright himself yep. will be facing, and greed the nice. ott champion so that's going to be pretty cool yeah um i'm assuming a hardcore match it doesn't really say much here uh not to mention uh gabriel fuerzo will be there there's quite a quite a few big names in the entire uh you know toronto circuit that'll mm. be there and it's going to be a good time but uh alexa let's throw it over <laughs> let's throw it over to randy and let's see what alexa and randy have to say let's do it Randy. I love you, Randy. I love you, Randy. Please, 
Brandy. Brandy, that's enough. Mr. Brandy. 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 Welcome to In This Corner with Zane. Hey everybody, it's me, Randy, from the Dark Side of the Elite, and welcome to In This Corner, only on SNME Radio. Tonight I am joined with one of the best wrestlers in the nation. She'll be wrestling on an upcoming card on November 5th, the Arthur Caulfield Memorial at the Battle Arts Academy, 4880 Tompkin Road, Mississauga, Ontario, at 7 p.m. Doors will open at 6.30 Tickets can be found and bought at everbright.com. You can also see her on today's episode of AW Dark, October 25th edition, where she'll be in a battle with Athena, which can be found on YouTube. She's one of my favorites. It's the one and the only, Alexia Nicole. Alexia, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. And thanks for joining me today. No, no, no problem. So tell me. A little more on this upcoming event on November 5th, the Arthur um, Cofield Memorial. Yes, um, at the Don Kolov Arena at Battle Arts in Mississauga, we have the Arthur Caulfield Memorial. Um, that is Holden Albright's father, who suddenly passed um, a few months ago. I'm not exactly sure of the date, um, but it was very sudden. Um, I'm really, really good friends with Holden, so it was upsetting. Um, I just want to do what I can for a really good friend. So I'm going to be facing Giselle Shaw there, and uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. It's a first-time matchup for me, so I'm yes. excited for it. Yes, Giselle Shaw can be seen on Impact as well. Um, I can't wait to see it. I will definitely be there and uh, watching you, and I'm really, really excited. And it's for a good cause. Um, Holden Albright is a good friend of mine as well. Um, real nice un- real nice dude. Um, unfortunate, uh, the circumstance. Um, but in turn, a group of a lot of the Ontario stars are getting together and um, putting this event together for him um, to help raise some money for um, unexpected funeral costs. But it's, it'll definitely be a great day um, to celebrate everything as well. I can't wait for it. So um, well, I guess we'll go into the wrestling. Where did it all start? How did you get into wrestling? Um, I just watched it as a kid uh, my brother was a big fan like i've got family members who were just super into it and i just by proxy kind of watched and absorbed it and over the years i just became more and more of a fan and then i was watching like it was like the the era where the divas were having like their six diva like bikini tag matches and i was like well this is ridiculous like i could do better than this and for whatever reason 15 year old me thought it was a good idea to start wrestling but i mean it paid off i guess Yes, it did. It sure did, because you're great. Um, who, st- who started with you? Who was your trainers at first? I know this answer, but not the people out there. But. <laughs> um, so my first ever trainer was Taylor Wilde. Um, I went to Squared Circle Training, and at the time they were having a special, I think it was like their 10th anniversary or something like that, and Taylor was coming in and she was teaching an all-girls class for five months. So I actually, um, I started with her. I trained alongside Aaliyah right, like, right from day one. Uh, Silesia Sparks was there as well. Quite a few people that have come from Toronto had sort of needed to stop in the class or once I had continued on into the main classes, I just, I met this whole group of the Toronto indie workers, I guess. 
there you go. Do you remember any, who was uh, your first match against? Do you remember that? Do you have any? My first match, it was a tag match on Canada Day. My partner was Cody45, and we were against Angelina Love and Marcus Marquez. So all these, all these years that you've been doing it, um, give me some of the, the, the great experiences or the, the best opponents you ever went against and uh, something that made you smile. Um, I will say, like, uh, doing AEW Dark actually put a big smile on my face. Um, Athena I had met when I was 18 at AIW in Ohio. And when I walked in, they, like, because there's two days of AEW, I was there for Dynamite and for um, a Rampage and Dark. Um, and I had walked in the first day. She immediately recognized me, came up to me, hugged, we talked for a bit. So it was really nice to actually get to wrestle her for dark and walking out there and getting, I wasn't expecting a reaction when I walked out there, but getting a reaction was really cool and made me feel really happy. So that honestly is probably a career highlight for me. Yeah, definitely. You're seeing it all over your face, especially <laughs> during the match and then after the match too. Um, I even teared a little because it was great seeing like yourself and everybody that was there representing Toronto um, and especially the crowd. The crowd was behind you all and well-deserved as well, because uh, with yourself, like I said, you, you've done absolutely everything everywhere and every single match I've seen you many, many, many times. And every single match you've done is definitely. It's, it's amazing. Um, I'm well entertained. You know how to wrestler. It's always it's just terrific. I can't, I can't explain it any better. But then seeing at the end of the match as well with Athena and the emotion going through your face and everything else, it did make me tear a little, especially everybody else that was with me as well. So it was definitely good to see. So what, what do you think would probably be your, your best taken away from that AEW uh, dark experience or being with AEW that day? Um, I don't know. I'd have to honestly think about it. Um, because like the match itself was the easy part. Like <laughs> once I had gotten out there, all my nerves and everything had just gone away. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, it's scary to be in a backstage environment with people that you watch on TV. Uh, maybe scary is intimidating is the right word, I guess. Um, it's very intimidating to see all these people who this is their job. It's what they do for a living. And I'm just here trying to do my best not to step on any toes. Um, I mean, which thankfully didn't happen, but still it's, it's a very intimidating experience. I guess like my takeaway is to just kind of be calm, be myself. Don't worry too much about that. Um, cause it's, what's the point of worrying, I guess. Well, again, you did a very good job on it. So again, coming up on, um, November 5th, you're going against Giselle Shaw. Any words you want to give to her for that day? Um, I don't know. I really like her. I don't want her to be mad at me. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have fun. That's it. That's it. So again, it's on uh, November 5th, the Arthur uh, Cofield Memorial Battle Arts Academy, 4880 Tompkin Road, Mississauga, bell time, 7 p.m. Um, doors will open at 630. Do you have any, where can people go watch you or follow you on uh, any of the Instagram or Twitters or anything else like that? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Alexia Nicole. Um, I do post my schedule for the month there. Um, I think my next event after the memorial show will be at um, Barry Wrestling on November 12th. Um, but I post my whole schedule on my Instagram. I also do it on Twitter, which is at It's Alexia Nicole. I'm not really active on Facebook, but I do have a Facebook page if you want to give that a follow. Um, again, just search my name. It'll come up. Um, I also have a big cartel page. 
I also have a Pro Wrestling Tees page. Again, if you just go to Pro Wrestling Tees, search my name, it should come up. If you type in, I believe it's bigcartel.alexianicolewrestler, it also comes up. Um, I have links to everything. So if you're wondering, <laughs> it's a lot for me to remember. So if you're wondering, you go to one of them and you'll find it all there. <laughs> There you go. There you go. And I'll have them all listed below in the description of this. So yeah, definitely follow, go buy a t-shirt. Um, again, she's one of the best in the nation. I enjoy every single time. Thank you for joining me today, Alexia. Make sure everybody go to uh, the Arthur Cofield Memorial at the Battle Arts Academy and enjoy the night with it because it will be a, a lot of fun. Thank you again, Alexia, for joining me today. Thank you again. Thanks. All right, big thanks to Randy and Alexa Nicole. Uh, excellent interview. Uh, just wanted to plug Alexa's Instagram at Alexa Nicole. Same uh, at Twitter, it's it's Alexa Nicole, and you can find her stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, slash Bubblegum. Yeah, and yeah. she's also uh, she'll also post all her all the dates she's performing up there as well on her yeah, Instagram. If you're, yeah, if you're looking for links, it'll be in the show description there, so you can find that uh, below the episode here. Absolutely. Matt, uh, why don't we get into our thank yous, bud? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You guys can follow me uh, on Twitter at mroberts85. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. We really appreciate the support for the show. Eric, I want to thank you for joining me and talking some wrestling here and all the hard work you put into the producing this show. Randy, shout out, buddy. Uh, we miss you here, so hopefully we'll see you soon, maybe out front for a quick dark yeah, break yeah. or something like <laughs> I was gonna that. Say, you know? Literally right when we end, I'm going to text you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you were, you were sorely missed this week, but hopefully, or this month, sorry, but next month hopefully we'll be back. And uh, yeah, if you can, follow us on Twitter at inst- uh, Twitter at Dark Side of the E, Instagram at Dark Side of the Elite. Uh, you can check out the, the show's page on Instagram at AWTF or Twitter at AWTF4, mm-hmm. um, where we'll post all the you know episode details also if you're listening to this on snme go become a patreon today it's only one dollar a week you get a brand new show every week or every day sorry and uh yeah what are you doing yeah name, <laughs> name a better deal than that one dollar a week for all this amazing wrestling content, that's what i mean right? sometimes two shows a day yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so uh definitely definitely check that out um and also check out uh for tickets uh to the author caulfield uh memorial show uh, check out Eventbrite. The link will be in the description below just in case uh, if you guys want to check it out. But it'll be on November 5th at Battle Arts Academy in Mississauga. Yep. Um, can confirm that that is a fantastic place to watch shows. Matt can confirm as well. Absolutely. We've been there a million yep. times. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you want to see Toronto's best, go check it out. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, until next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you for listening to AWTF presented by Dark Side of the Elite here on the SNME Radio and Podcast Network. Until next time, throw the paws up. Quick gargling piss, Matt. I'm going to break your bones and gargle your piss. (laughs) 